Alrighty, we are going to transition now to our time of worship through the Word of God this morning. If you have a Bible uh, or Bible app, you can go ahead and turn to the book of John. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we have them underneath the chairs in front of you there. To, and uh, uh, we're going to be in John chapter 16, verses 5 through 15. I'm going to be, uh, we're, going to, we're going to just kind of jump right in today. Normally, I might set this up uh, with an il- illustration uh, on a main point, but we're just going to jump right in to the message here today, and we're going to be learning about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that Jesus sends us, the Holy Spirit to convict us of our sin, but also to guide us into the truth of the good news of Jesus Christ. John chapter 16, verses 5 through 15. Now, I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me and none of you asks me where you are going. Because, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I, will, if I do go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, and righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will no longer see me. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the father has is mine. Therefore, I have said he will take what is mine. And declare it to you. Let's uh, let's go to the Lord for a moment of prayer here one more time. Lord Jesus, we come at this point just because we need a, you to open our hearts. Spirit, this is your word, your truth. We don't merely just want to hear it. We don't merely want to be intellectually uh, uh, stimulated. Lord, we want to know you, Jesus. Spirit, prep our hearts. Turn the light bulb on. Convict and guide us today. In your name we pray. Amen. We've been walking through the book of John here for some time, right? It's almost a year that we've been walking through the gospel of John. And uh, in the book of John here, John sets out to show Jesus isn't just a man. He's God himself who's come miraculously, supernaturally, come and put flesh on to show us who God really is. But not just show us who God is. Not just to be God with us, but to set us free. To bring us out of darkness into light. Jesus gets out here today the means by which he will accomplish that. He's explaining to the disciples in these last hours before he's about to get arrested and beaten and prepped to be crucified. And he's explaining to the disciples, I've got to go. 
And in today's passage here, he, he explains here, I, I, you're, you're sorrowful. Your world is just getting rattled here. Because you've been with me for three years. You've seen the miracles. You know, you know that I'm the Messiah, the long-awaited king. You know that I'm the Savior, but you don't understand yet why I have to leave. You don't fully understand the significance of how I have to leave. And so you're grieved as your mind and your world is rattled right now. I understand that, he says here. Verses 6 and 7. Nevertheless, he explains in verse 7, it's to your advantage that I go away. It's to your advantage that I go away. Jesus gets into explaining here that the helper is going to come. It's better that Jesus goes to the Father because his spirit can reach all people everywhere. There's a ministry that Jesus cannot do as an embodied being. You see, him being the the omnipresent God before he came to earth, being able to be all places everywhere, he took on a human body. He limited himself. It's it's just crazy to consider that. The all-powerful Um, omniscient, omnipresent God limited himself. It's like the genie in in, in Aladdin. Phenomenal cosmic powers in itty bitty living space. So he was limited. Jesus going away was so that God with us could be with All of us, all people, everywhere. And that's why the sending of the Spirit was so important. Have you ever felt that kind of, uh, maybe you've said said this at home, where where you're just like, you've got too many tasks, and you've got got so much to do, and you're like, I I, I just can't be everywhere at once, right? Maybe you felt that. There's a movie built off of this called Multiplicity, back in the 90s, with Michael Keaton. And he's got all these things that he's got to accomplish and do and take care of. And he's trying to please his wife and help, help with the kiddos and, and, and all these, these different responsibilities. And his job is, is demanding. And, 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 and so he, there's this cloning technology that comes out. And, and he decides he's going to take advantage of that. And he clones himself. And you can imagine, it's a romantic comedy. So it, it, it's, going to, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse, right? Eventually, he makes two clones of himself, and those clones decide to make a clone of a clone. And you know when you make a clone of a clone, it's going to be a problem. Or very special. Jesus isn't making a clone of himself. He's giving us himself. As we've learned, God is three persons, yet one God. We're not getting... Some manufactured, less than version of Jesus. We're getting all of God through the Holy Spirit present with every single one of us. Present in our circumstances. Seeking us out, communicating the love of God to change us, to empower us, to equip us. Ezekiel captures this. 500 years before before Jesus even came. This was always God's plan. Jesus being crucified wasn't plan B. It was always God's plan. And the Spirit was to come in order to be with God with every one of us. 
In Ezekiel 36, he says this, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I give to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. We need not just Jesus to die in our place. We need to be changed. We need God not just to be with us. We need God in us. And so God gives us his spirit to change us and transform us, to meet us in our brokenness, to meet us in our self-centeredness, in our, in our, in our pride, in, in our addictions, in our fears, in our anxieties, in our depressions, in our selfishness and change us. And so the Spirit comes. Now, now this passage re- reveals to us is the Spirit is given to us. And that advantage is that the Spirit is available to all of us everywhere. Not certain special people. Every single one of us has access, full access to God through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, Jesus speaks of, has, has two things, two functions in, in, in terms of meeting us and communicating the truth of God and the love of God with us. I've entitled this, he, he's the prosecutor and a preacher. You might be thinking like, well, those are kind of harsh terms. I'm not sure how that's exciting. Prosecutor? Come on now. We look at the words here. What Jesus says that, that, that when the Spirit comes, in verse 8, he comes to convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. This world, this word convict, this concept of conviction is, is like a prosecutor before a judge laying out the evidence, the objective facts of a guilty verdict. Now, this doesn't sound necessarily the most encouraging, but bear with me here. The Spirit lays out the facts of our, uh, of our sin. Our, 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 our tendency towards self-righteousness and the reality that there is judgment. He talks about concerning sin because they do not believe in me. This, this whole issue of sin uh, in all of us in humanity, one of the, the fundamental seeds of the problem in us is that we trust ourselves, but not in Jesus, not in God. We want to trust ourselves. We want to be in authority. We want to lead our own life. We want to do what we want to do. Now, many of us may say, well, I, I, I believe. I believe in Jesus. I trust in, in Jesus. But what we actually mean about that is that, yeah, yeah I, I, I think Jesus is a historical figure. I agree that he lives. I agree that he is even uh, 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 God and the Savior. But, but the problem is, is that you have not surrendered to Jesus to be the king in your life. You intellectually acknowledge the facts. But the Spirit of God is saying, He must be king in your hearts. Not just acknowledging He is king, because you know, James explains this. The demons. The demons know that and acknowledge that. We see that throughout the Gospels. They know who Jesus is. They acknowledge the facts, but they're not surrendered to Him as king. To believe is, is to surrender and to be led by King Jesus. 
to trust him to be God in our hearts and our lives and not ourselves to forsake ourselves. So the spirit is, is God's agent working to help us see our, our tendency to trust ourselves and not in him. He convicts also concerning righteousness. He says, because I go to the Father. The, the, Jesus explained uh, earlier, say, in Matthew, and he, say, he says this to, to us, unless your righteousness exceed that of the Pharisees. The Pharisees were meticulous in following God's rules and laws in the Old Testament. Unless your righteousness exceed that of the Pharisees, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus was setting the bar even higher. What was he getting at? He's talking about heart righteousness. Not just doing things to get things from God, but doing things out of love for God. Righteousness is right relationship with God. Righteousness isn't merely rule following, going through rituals. Righteousness is right relationship with God, love for God. Here's the deal. None of us are righteous. Jesus, the spirit convicts us of righteousness in that only Jesus is righteous. None of us are. None of us can save ourselves. And and many of us are living to try to even the scales. If I just do enough, if I can just make myself right, or I'm trying to wash and clean my, 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 the, the, the crap of my selfishness, my pride, my sin, my, or we're just trying to outrun our past. We're never going to be good enough. Us being good enough is, the, is, is us trying to save ourselves. That's being king again. That's being God again. Only Jesus. You see, Jesus going to the Father means he's going to be the advocate. He, he is going to stand in front of the Father and say, look at me. When, when, you, when you look out there at Jane or Gala, Neil, Laura, Jenny, look at me. I stand for them. Jesus going to the Father is to stand in our place and to give us his righteousness because we can't be righteous enough. The Spirit points us to our limitation. You can't save yourself, but there's one who can. You're either going to stand for yourself or Jesus will stand for you in his righteousness. And then finally, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. In the book of Revelation, chapter 20, we see hell, calls it the lake of fire, set aside for Satan and his demons. And all who follow him. Now, you may be here this morning and be like, I'm definitely not a follower of Satan. Jesus is talking about the judgment here. When he goes to the cross, the sentence for Satan is secured. The prince of this world means that any of us who choose our way over God's way are choosing to follow the prince of the world. You're like, I'm not a Satanist. I don't worship him. I don't, I don't follow him. If you follow yourself, you follow Satan. 
If you're trusting in yourself, you're trusting in Satan. You're following the prince of the world. And you will receive the judgment the prince of the world is receiving. The spirit of God comes to convict us and to show us the judgment that is to come for those who who choose to go the way of the world. That there is judgment. The spirit comes to convict, not, not to shame us, but to show us our destination in order that we might see our need for Christ and choose him. That we might find a way out. You see, the work of the spirit as a prosecutor isn't just to condemn. It's to be that of a physician as well. It's to heal. You see, the the spirit doesn't just uh, present the objective facts. Here's the deal. You're a sinner. You can't save yourself. And there's judgment. That's the facts. He personally comes to us to seek to wound us in order to heal us. He seeks to wound us in order to personally point out, sweetheart, you got pride going on in your life here. Son, you, 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 you are, are just giving yourself to your own pleasure. You are just narcissistically revolving the world around yourself. You got to deal with some patience here, boy. You need to grow in trust and release your fear. The Spirit comes to us personally to prick us, to convict that personal kind of awareness and even guilt. He wounds us in order to bring us healing. We experience this in a variety of different ways. If you are reading the Word of God, if you're in the Word of God, the Spirit speaks to us through that as we, as we see in the stories or, or, or in the teaching from Jesus that He points out and He shines a light on, 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 on that, 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 that lust that's there in the heart or, 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 or that, that distrust that's there in my heart. As I'm reading through his word, he's confronting my pride. The spirit is there to convict, to bring that guilt. Like, do you see this? It's going to hurt you. It's destroying you. It's eating at you. Let me heal you of this. Let me set you free from this. He also uses people, right? Maybe his friends or family members where you've been confronted the Spirit is good to put people in our lives because we need it. People to confront us about the trajectory that we're headed down. Not earlier this year, was working through or addressing some reconciliation issues and, and I, I wasn't navigating it well. And I had to be, I was confronted about how I, I was handling this conflict and, and, and that I should have stepped in and, 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 and went face-to-face earlier. I needed to hear that. I needed to be confronted by a, by a sister in Christ. I needed to be confronted of pride in my heart. I needed that from a, 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 another person, another brother or sister in Christ, in order for me to see my sin. So I could change, so I could repent. Sometimes it comes through circumstances, hardships. These aren't because a cause and effect, like I did something bad, so I'm getting getting punished. Listen, God doesn't do that. God is gracious. If there's circumstances that happen in your life, 
They're for a variety of different reasons. This is different than consequences for your sin. But there might be something the Lord is teaching us through circumstances outside of our control. Is he teaching you to trust as uncertainty is is revealed with finances or relationships or or, or medical issues? Your uncertainty is increased and, and the Lord is, the Spirit of God is exposing things in your life. Trust me. You need to grow in your trust in me. The Spirit of God uses circumstances. And the Spirit of God uses consequences. Some of us, some of us don't learn easily or quickly. Some of us learn with two by fours. Have you ever been in that place? Not alone. You get smacked across the face because of the consequences of your own choices. Let's be honest. These are, that's the least desirable way to learn, right? But sometimes that's how we got to learn. We, we, we got to have things taken away from us. We got to, we, 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 we don't want this to happen, but sometimes broken marriages, spouses leaving, children putting up boundaries. Times, even prison. These are kind of severe kinds of consequences that the Lord may smack you to get your attention, to wound you in order to heal you. And if you've been in that place, you realize the kindness of God to wake you up and rattle your cage because you're headed down a road of destruction. The Spirit of God is there to wound us in order to heal us. Kind of an extreme example here. Before Columbine, there was a gentleman by the name of James Stevens who went into a school as an active shooter. He took hostages. He he was 18 years old. He'd already discharged his weapon only just to intimidate at that point. He had not taken any lives. And he was in the midst of this hostage situation as an 18-year-old guy. And he turned the barrel on himself at that point. Instead of turning on other people, and in, the, in front of the hostages, he was going to kill himself. And he had the barrel in his mouth, and one of the women reached, just pleaded with him, don't. Don't do this. You don't have to do this. You haven't hurt anyone yet. And this is a fascinating thing that the Spirit of God used in this moment. She was wearing a cross necklace. And he explains, I saw that cross. And immediately, I couldn't pull that trigger. Immediately, something happened inside of me. The Spirit of God met him in this moment. And he pulled the gun out of his mouth. And he eventually surrendered himself. And he eventually surrendered himself to Jesus Christ. 
he can years later now tell this testimony of how the Spirit met him in that moment of circumstances and the Spirit convicted him and he responded. Yeah, he did jail time. Oh, yeah. Miles McPherson, he's a pastor out at, uh, in California at The Rock. And he talks about how he worked so hard to, to go from the hood in order to get into the NFL. And when he got there, he was exposed to coke and drugs and the peer pressure. And, and he gave in. And, and initially he thought he was under control. And he had it. And this is just what you do. And he had to hit rock bottom in order for the Spirit of God in order for him to hear, right? Because it's not that the Spirit of God isn't speaking to us through a variety of means. In fact, this morning we're going to pause and just listen. Can you hear? How is God speaking to your heart? What's he pointing out? It doesn't have to get to the point where he's sitting in front of a mirror where he's saying, I need to stop, but I can't stop. And he's got this dude who's crazy, looks like he's a skeleton, and he's offering him a crack pipe, and he's in some shady place, and he's about to take it. And he realizes, like, what have I got myself into? How did I get so broken? Some of us, maybe in our bitterness or anger, frustration, that it's love, it's actually love that that convicts our heart. Rosaria Butterfield, deeply embedded within her lesbian lifestyle and, and an activist, the LGBTQ movement and experience the hospitality of a pastor and his wife and was just loved. And she came to be convicted that all of her, her anger and her frustration about Christians or who this God was. And then she started reading the Bible for herself and the spirit was speaking to her heart and she was able to be convicted and respond and, and the word was for her, you don't have to understand to obey. The understanding will come. And she surrendered. She responded to the voice of the Spirit that started with love. Love was convicting. Unconditional love from enemies. Friends, we need the Spirit to prick our hearts. We need to be convicted. This is a good thing. It's a healthy thing. You see, the problem is, if the, the God that we, that we believe in, you can go to the next slide. If the God that, 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 nope, sorry, go back, two slides. The God you say you believe in does not confront you with the need to change or disagree with you at some point in time, then you are worshiping or believing an ideal version of, of yourself, not the one true God and Savior. Let that sink in. If the God that you say you believe in or worshiping does not confront you at any point, does not convict you, does not disagree with you, you're not worshiping the one true God. You're worshiping an ideal version of your, idealized version of yourself. We need this as human beings. Psalm 139 offers us a prayer. And I just want you to take a moment right now, right where you're at. To pray this prayer with David and, and, and to incorporate, I want you to incorporate this. I want us to incorporate this. Consider incorporating this prayer on a daily basis. This isn't something we need on occasion. We need the Spirit's work 
every day. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, or, or, or another word for that is test me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. I just wanted you to take a moment right where you're at and just go to the, go to the Lord here right now in prayer. Lord, search me. Is there, is there something, have people been speaking to you? Have your circumstances, has God been meeting you in your circumstances? Is there a two by four consequences that, are on, that, that you're facing? Are you, are, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you hard and blaming other people or circumstances? Or are you receiving? The Lord is saying, I'm here. My conviction is for your good. Is the word of God speaking and pointing out things. Just take a moment right here and right now. If you're online, take a moment with us right now. Search me, O oh God. Test my heart. See if there be anything in me, Jesus. Lord, we pray for, for forgiveness. These areas where you've, you've stirred up in our heart, where we've not been patient, we've not been kind. Lord, where we're proud. That there's been hypocrisy. There's a difference between our mouth and our actions. Lord, where we've just been like hell-bent on our way. I'm just going to do what I want to do. I want my pleasure. I want what I want. Lord, forgive us. We just come right now. Thank you for bringing these things to our mind. Forgive us. Lord, lead us in your way. Spirit, lead us. In your name we pray. Amen. As Jesus points out here, not only does the Spirit convict, but he leads us. He leads us to truth. This is important because it's a, the, the, these two roles of convicting and preaching the gospel are so important. He doesn't just shame you. The Spirit of God doesn't point out your sin and say, look at how worthless you are. Look at how a mess you are. He doesn't cut you off and put you in the distance. His wounding, again, is to bring you near so that you look to Jesus. He says, I still have many things to say to you. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you to all truth. This isn't a truth. This isn't a personal version of truth. We've got so many messages here today. They say, trust your experience. You are, you be you. You be you. Whatever you are, whatever you feel, whatever your desires are, whatever your experience is, that's who you are. In fact, to be free is to do whatever you want, to just, just live according to your desires. And we know that's not true. It's a lie. Because if you love someone, you don't do whatever you want. You restrain yourself. You constrain yourself. You're patient. You're kind. That's sacrifice. These are lies from the world. We are designed in a certain way. And to love isn't to do, isn't to be free to do whatever we want. The love is to do what's best for others. 
Sometimes that's not fun. That's not easy. The truth that, that, that Jesus is speaking that the Spirit will guide us into ultimately starts with this, where, where the Spirit would speak through the disciples and the apostles to give us the one true Word of God. There is universal truth. There is objective truth. I don't have time to get into the philosophical arguments around that today. But there is objective, universal truth for all people that stands for all time. And that's God speaking through his spirit in his word to us. You don't have to say, you know, it's a problem, friends. If we're praying, we're saying, God doesn't speak to me and your Bible is closed. God, God, where are you? What are you doing? What should I do in this situation? If you're not in the word and you're railing against God because he's not giving you direction, people got a problem. He's given us his voice, his wisdom, his word. Now, that doesn't mean that the spirit doesn't also personally speak to us. We, we saw in the passage today on commissioning Paul and Barnabas. The spirit spoke to that church in that time. The spirit never speaks anything contrary to this. Too many circles people have used the Lord said to me, and it's some permission to kind of do whatever they want. Spirit never speaks anything in contradiction to this word. He maybe personally applies it or gives wisdom and direction for a particular moment. But ultimately, he says, Jesus explains, he doesn't tell you anything new. He tells you what I've already told you. He glorifies me. Friends, he's pointing, he's wanting to point you and I to the, to the truth is Jesus himself. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The Spirit points us to him. He convicts us to show us, hey, you got some, you got some crap here. You got some brokenness. You're headed down a wrong path here. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt others. Come to Jesus. He points to our sin, but then he points us to the cross. He points us to Jesus Christ. The word helper, paraclete, means he comes alongside us. And when he comes alongside us, he's always shining a spotlight on Jesus. The Spirit takes our eyes off ourselves. When, when we're in that, that conviction, Satan's right there with the shame of like, you're, you are worthless, you're, you, you are your failures. Shame points our eyes on ourselves. Satan wants you to look at your sin and just see your sin. The Spirit points to Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look at what he's done. Look at the cross, how he paid the penalty for you. Look, he loves you. He, he's not punishing you. He's not pushing you away. He's embracing you. Look to the cross. Look to the cross. You see, the gospel explains what changes us is grace, not shame. Some of you, all you know is just guilt and shame and you're holding it together. You're just, you're just tight and you're making it work out of guilt and shame, out of fear that somebody's going to find you. Somebody's going to know the truth and you can be free because you don't have to hold it together. Grace meets you right where you are and he's going to change you. Grace changes us, not guilt, not shame. Grace invites us out of darkness where we don't have to hide, but we can fully expose it where we have testimonies like J.T. Stevens who, 
who went into school to, to shoot Larry, Rosaria Butterfield, who, 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 who has come out of the, the LGBTQ community and lifestyle. Beckett Cook. Greg Johnson are, are, are some of these other uh, testimonies where, where the Spirit convicted them of their shame, of their, of their same-sex attraction, and, 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 and met them in that place that you don't have to hide from me. I know what's happening inside you. And while their desires, their same-sex attraction hasn't changed, their desire for Jesus has, and they surrendered themselves to Jesus, and they love Jesus, and they want his way more than they want their way. And they've submitted their desires to King Jesus because his love is worth it. That's what the Spirit does. He magnifies Jesus. He magnifies his love and grace. And it changes us like a tractor beam. It pulls you and I forward. We want more of that grace and mercy and love. Friends, come today. As we respond and get to know the Spirit. This isn't just a one-time thing. We learned this thing today from Pastor Scott in the sermon. This, we need to learn how to relate to the Spirit every day. Friends, you don't have you can pray to the Holy Spirit. You can communicate with the Holy Spirit. We need Him to guide us into truth. We need Him to make much of Jesus and to glorify Jesus. We need Him to give us victory. As we've prayed for the Spirit to convict us, I'm going to invite us now to take a time to pray for the Spirit to lead us. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on down. I'm going to go to the last slide here. And just, I just want to invite you to take a moment here. I'm praying through these points here. Holy Spirit, help me understand the truth in your word. I need the light bulb to go on because I don't understand all these things and sometimes I struggle with it. Help me to understand the truth in your word. I need you. Help me, Spirit, to know Jesus, to love him. Help me to know and believe what Jesus thinks about me. Glorify Jesus in me, in my life, my home, and my work, everywhere. Just take a moment here to just pray and ask for the Spirit. Lead me to love, to your love, God. Lead me to know and understand. Lead me to Jesus. Just take a moment here. We thank you, Spirit, that you are the helper. You wound us to heal us. You convict us in order to guide us to Jesus, to set us free. Lord, I pray for, for those in the house, Lord God, struggling, struggling to accept and receive, Lord God, that conviction. Lord, there might be barriers up. There might be defenses up, Lord God. They might be thinking, oh, but this person needs this. And, and this, well, this, if this didn't happen, then, Lord God, and just have that security of your love, your love melt away the defenses to be able to receive the full conviction of I Lord, I'm wrong. I've messed up. Help me, Jesus. I need your love. I need your forgiveness. I need your forgiveness, Lord. 
So I will forgive this friend, family member, this other person. I need your forgiveness. I need your healing, Lord God, so I don't just continue to give in to these desires and just living for myself. Lord, I need your love. I need your truth to guide me. Lord, I surrender. I want to stop leading myself. I want to stop being in control. And I want you, Spirit, to lead me. Your truth, not my truth. Your way, not my way. Only you, Jesus. You, Jesus. Not me.